Aloha, I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. Welcome to The Body Show. Each week we talk about health and fitness, but none of what we discuss replaces a visit to your own primary care provider. What do you do when someone you love is home alone and maybe can't take care of themselves so well anymore? Or if maybe you are here in Oahu or on the neighbor islands and your kids have moved away to the mainland and you might need some extra help in the home, but you don't know where to start. Well, today we're going to hear about a unique opportunity for people who may have some questions about all different sorts of health issues. It's called crown care, and it actually comes from the idea that there's a lot of things that doctors can't do in their office. I really can't advise people which Medicare plan would be best for them. I really can't get them from one nursing home to another. It's just not something that my office can provide help with. But these are some of the common needs that people have as they get older, and we're going to talk today with Dr. Eileen Hilton and Nurse Edwina Lee about the concept of becoming patient advocates. What can they actually do to help and why are their essential their services more essential now than ever before? I want to welcome both Edwina and Dr. Eileen to the show. Thank, Thank you. you. Mm-hmm. Now, Eileen, you were telling me that this whole idea came from you know, your brother reading an article and saying, hey, this happens elsewhere. Maybe you could do this. You've spent years as an internist, infectious disease specialist. How did this whole idea of becoming a patient advocate come about? Well, as you know, physicians are patient advocates or should be and have been pretty much from the beginning. But as medicine became more segmented and busy, and people just don't have the time to actually do what they used to do in the past for their patients, it's becoming more and more of a problem that no one is taking care of some of this peripheral stuff that makes it, you know, possible to get better and have a a good life. So some of the peripheral stuff you're talking about, you know, I think about when I have folks come into my office and maybe grandma is showing a little bit of troubles. She can't really take care of herself. Kids live in the house with her. They're grown adults. Maybe grandkids live, et cetera. And grandma needs some help at home, but nobody's home during the day. And it seems like she's okay, but maybe she's not. No one knows if she's really eating, and maybe they're afraid she's going to wander. Are these some of the situations, Edwina, that that you find yourself assessing for local families who say, we need to figure out a way that we can take care of our loved ones as they get older and keep them safe? Yes. Well, sometimes what we do is we go in and we assess what the situation is. And if we can take care of it, we do. If not... We have other resources. We'll call or contact them and try to at least give them some options of what they would like to do. And we try to look at the options that are most cost-effective for the families because, you know, things are expensive here in Hawaii. So we want to find something that fits their needs and fits their um, financial situation. Well, and with your many years in nursing here in the islands, you kind of know more than most about who does what, where do you go to do certain things, and you've had experience working with physicians and nursing homes and a variety of different entities that kind of all have to come together. Uh, Dr. Eileen, you mentioned the segmentation of healthcare. You know, years ago, if no one could take care of dad, he would get admitted to the hospital, stay there for a few days, have his medicine sorted out, and then maybe if they found a nursing home who would take him, he would go, and insurance would cover that whole process. And 
that's not how it happens anymore. That's that's not how we do things. No, exactly. And uh, frankly, some of the the issues we see are people who have been in a hospital for a few days, go to a nursing home, and then basically are told after a certain number of weeks that the nursing home is no longer going to keep them. Mostly the rehab facilities do this. So we have to scramble to try to help and get that person out. But the segmentation is a real issue. Instead of like taking care of a problem like you would do or an internist would do, a lot of the docs basically say, okay, I'm triaging this to someone. Please go and get a consult on this. You know, go see an expert, an orthopedic or whatever. And I think patients feel like there's no orchestra leader. There's no one really taking care of the whole patient and get shuffled around from doctor to doctor. Nobody's with them to explain what's going on. Family members don't understand the jargon. So that's what we're there for. We do that. Well, it's definitely true. Who's the conductor? You know, who's really keeping an eye on things? And that is supposed to be what primary care providers can do. But often, boy, I mean, you've got someone seeing a cardiologist and maybe a rheumatologist and a gastroenterologist and then they come to see you and they're trying to you're trying to get their immunizations and keep them up to date and do advanced care planning and then all of a sudden one little piece of that puzzle comes out and you just don't know how to put it back together so you know in a few days medicare open enrollment is happening and that's a huge thing i have lots of patients who come to me and say what medicare plan should i have and i'm like well you know to be honest It really shouldn't be me that's telling you what Medicare plan because, you know, there could be some conflict or who knows. But also the other aspect is I don't have the time to look at all of their medicines and look at, you know, Humana, HMSA, United, (laughs) Aloha, Ohana, look at all these formularies and say, hey, these are your medications. I've checked out all your formularies. I've done all the work. This is the one you sign up for. That's not really what I have the capacity to do in my office. Because that's, you know, they're there for all these other aspects of their care. How can people find out more about some of these different insurance plans? And and who does that research to figure out what their particular formulary is? I mean, it's hard. You get you see these seminars in the paper and they say, come and learn more about this insurance or that insurance. And, of course, if you go to learn more, it's going to make it seem like that insurance is the perfect one. And it may be for that individual. But... It doesn't seem like there's anybody who knows enough about all of them to really help someone say, your medications, the ones most important for your health condition, you're going to find at this particular plan more than that one. Are those some of the services that you've you've been able to manage to get some expertise in? Yes. Um, actually, I'll tell you how it started. Uh, as I reached Medicare age, I called another doctor in New York that I'd worked with, and I said, what plan did you take? And she said, oh, I took this plan. I said, okay, that's the one I'll take. Big (laughs) mistake. Okay, so it became... Things not to do. Right, it became, yeah, it became obvious that that's what most people do. And the reality is, is that the plan that you choose is very, that you should choose is very much dependent on your past medical history, your current, your family history, all of these things lead in. And also, where do you want to live? If you live in Hawaii right now, but you have kids who live on the mainland and you want to move to the mainland in 10 years, you better consider that a lot of these plans are not transportable. And if you then want to switch to another plan that's a robust plan that'll cover your illness, you'll be underwritten at that time. So you can't just move very quickly. 
to a plan that may be very good for you at that time without having underwriting going on, meaning higher premium or an absolute rejection as one of the options. So you have to be extremely careful because we are on an island. A lot of people are going to be moving off this island. They may not know that, but their, their uh, options decrease based on uh, what they do at the time of their enrollment, their initial enrollment. So is that the most important time? Is initial enrollment when we really have to keep an eye out for what we're choosing? Or if you choose something when you initially enroll and then you need to change it a few years later, is that a big deal? It's a big deal if you're, for instance, on an Advantage plan, which is a local plan in Medicare. So even though um, a company may have what they say a national plan, when you reach Medicare age, they become localized. So you might be on something like HMSA, Humana, nationally. But when you reach Medicare age, you really are not necessarily limited, but the area that your insurance is active in is this area. And when you move out of that area, say go to another state in the mainland, you have to change. If you're on original Medicare, which is what Lyndon Johnson set up, uh, back in the 60s, and you're on a supplemental plan, those are movable. But they can be either more expensive or difficult to get if you are doing this after your initial enrollment period where you have a guaranteed acceptance. And, you know, that just, it's, it, that educated me because I always thought it was easy. You enroll every year, you change from one to the next. Mm-hmm. And it certainly sounds, you know, the, the worst possible scenario, let's make it extremely complicated as people get older because that <laughs> makes it so <laughs> difficult for people to understand all these different little parameters. And if you don't sign up for A and B at the onset and you miss one and then you have to pay retro premiums and, all right, I'm already freaking out. I know I'm going to call you in 20 years when I turn 65 and say, Eileen, I hope you kept up with this because I don't know what to do. All right, I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak here in the studio with Dr. Eileen Hilton and Nurse Edwina Lee, and they are running Crown Care. How can you figure out how to treat yourself like the king and queen that you are, get a crown, and actually make the right moves as you get older so that you can take the best care of yourself, both physically, medically, emotionally, financially? It's all part of one piece. We'll be right back after this quick break. Stay with us. Support for The Body Show comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, whose contributors help Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk show programming. Mahalo to the St. Andrews Schools, which includes the Priory School for Girls, the Prep for Boys, and Queen Emma Preschool. Welcome back to The Body Show. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak, here with Dr. Eileen Hilton and Nurse Edwina Lee. We're talking about crown care. What if we could all get the most optimal care and the most unbiased answers to the questions we have about what different types of insurance to take, what different types of nursing homes to go to, who provides the best home care services? In an ideal world, these things would all be well-known and established and easy to access the answers. But in the complex world we live in, it's just as confusing as ever. Now, right before the break, we were talking about how do you pick a Medicare plan? I had no idea that what you choose at initial enrollment has some kind of an impact later on if you go to an Advantage plan or you go to a standard Medicare plan. And just to confuse the situation even more, Edwina, let's talk nursing homes because not all insurances provide coverage 
for nursing homes. In fact, the majority of the nursing home patients nationwide, I think, statistics show that over 50 percent, if not even much greater than that, of chronic nursing home patients are covered by Medicaid. Totally different than Medicare. That's true. Medicare covers a certain amount of days in a nursing home if you have a nursing skill that you need. Explain that 90-day rule to me because a lot of folks don't know why they have to be in a hospital for a few days first and why it is if they go home, they can't just go right back to the nursing home. What's that about? First of all, just um, tagging on to what Dr. Eileen said, we look at all the plans that are familiar with the our constituents here in Hawaii, and we put it on an Excel sheet. So we're comparing apples to apples. We look to see what will we have to pay for a hospital day and what we will have to pay for skilled and what we'll have to pay for all the different co-payments that arise with insurance. And the example we'll do is skilled care, like you said. For skilled care, that includes any type of professional person giving the care, such as PT, PT, OT, speech, um, special types of wound care, that kind of thing. That comes under skilled care, and Medicare covers up to up to 100 days per episode. Now, if the pa- patient goes back to the hospital and comes back out without a break in between, then you may be able to start again. But it just depends on the type of... Um, break the patient has. The other thing is none of the insurances, the Medicare insurance, pay for non-skilled care, which would be ICF. So if you think that you go to the nursing home and that'll be paid for, it's not unless it's skilled, a professional person doing a specific skill. So let's talk a little bit about what those skills would be, because I think in a lot of situations, people go, well, you know, there's lots of people in nursing homes, and how come it isn't all covered? Because if you go into, let's just say, for example, that you break your hip, okay, and you have surgery to fix your hip, maybe you need to have pins put in, or you need maybe a hip replacement. So after that, you might not be able to go right home, because, you know, now you have to work on physical therapy, do some yes. occupational yes. therapy, kind of get back to being on your feet again. Now, you can't also stay in the hospital for six weeks because hospitals don't allow that type of intensity of service. So you might go to Rehabilitation Hospital of the Pacific. Mm-hmm. You might go to Halinani. You might go to Wankalakawa. You will go to any one of the nursing facilities and or rehabilitation facilities right. with the idea that you will also get some physical therapy, occupational therapy, some type of skilled care that you need, whatever that might be. Now, you have to show that you actually still need that skill. That's right. So you may have an eligibility of up to 100 days. Yes. But if you start walking after two weeks and you're singing a song and dance, well, then you can go home now. That's right. Because and so then that episode is over. That's right. Because if your level of care kind of levels out, then they will discharge you. Because and they also have to have um, meet certain criteria. Mm-hmm. And those criteria may not come from the facility. That actually may come th- from the federal government. They from make Medicare. decisions, right. uh, Center for Medicare and Medicaid CMS, they make some decisions that are binding with all the facilities that participate right. with their insurance. You're right. So if you happen to be grandpa who broke his hip, went to the skilled care, was in, let's just pick one of the places, Maunalani, why not? And they received some physical therapy and they started to plateau. 
We alluded to the following situation earlier. It might be that they can't go home without some home help or family members who can provide that Mm -hmm. care, which is Mm -hmm. often difficult if they're working. And maybe they need to transition to staying to the facility long term as a regular nursing home patient or client. That's not covered through Medicare if there's no skill involved. That's right. And it's not just a guarantee that if you're there for physical therapy and skilled care, that you can just stay indefinitely. That's true. There's different types of beds in each facility, and some of them are meant for rehab and some of them are meant for long-term care. That's true. Families get dramatically confused when this happens. Is that when you come in and rescue? Yes, and we try to explain. Actually, we had a case today. We were trying to explain to... um, a client that just because they have 20 more days doesn't mean that they can just stay there for the 20 more days, just like you said. They have to have that skill. That they, have, they need that skill. If they're fine and they leveled off and they're not improving or getting worse, they're not going to keep them. And they will discharge them to your house, whether you can care for them or not. They'll try to send home care in. They'll try to have outside care come in to help you. There's actually um, there's actually something new that's come up, and there was a class action suit uh, where they were very concerned that Medicare, the belief was is that Medicare insisted that a person be discharged if they were static, in other words, not improving, when in reality um, some people need physical therapy just in order to maintain their status quo. And they won that case, and it's there has been a movement to try to stop these kinds of discharges, which we always advise to appeal as soon as the family gets a letter or a notification mm-hmm. that they're being discharged because of failure to improve on physical therapy. And actually, we're very concerned in my family. My mother is in exactly that situation. So It happens, right. Yeah. I mean, this can happen to any single one of us, that you could all of a sudden find out that the the level of care mm-hmm. of your loved one is no longer meeting, quote, acute criteria. Mm-hmm. And then what do you do? So let's think about this situation. If someone is discharged to their home and maybe they have home health coming in once or twice a week, they may still have some other needs. They might need someone to sit with them, to help bathe them, to get them out of bed in the morning, to get them food, to get them all these sorts of things that maybe their son or daughter who live in the house have to go to work. They can't just take off and and just be a caretaker for mom or dad. So there's a lot of agencies out in the community that can provide some of these services, How do you know which ones are good? I mean, you always read about these things in the paper where, you know, so-and-so had some problem and they were, you know, someone embezzled money or a nice, friendly neighbor took something or, you know, maybe we just hear about the worst case scenarios. But how do you help to prevent that from happening? Are you able to vet certain agencies that you work with? We really do. We go out to visit them. We interview with the management staff. We try to... Um, ask the right questions like, are they bonded? Do they have um, experience? What kinds of experiences do they have? And I actually um, have a mother who is 92 years old. She stays with my sister. And my sister was trying to bathe her and trying to do all these different things, feed her. And she said, I can't do it anymore. She has a heart condition. And she said, if I can't go over there and give her a bath every day, meaning me, then she said, I can't do it. I need help. So we looked to to find an option, and we found a couple people who would just come over and sit with her. And, you know, it is private pay, 
but it's less than if you had to put them in a nursing home. And my mother's very happy. So we don't look at just placing them somewhere. We try to look at options. We try to look at people who want to do this, who want to be companions, and we want to make sure that they're safe. And that's what we try to do for our clientele because we've experienced it, so we know what can happen. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak here in the studio with Dr. Eileen Hilton and Nurse Edwina Lee. They run Crown Care. This is one of the new types of agencies, patient advocate agencies, that are starting to take hold here in the islands that have been on the mainland for years. And the idea is that there are some gaps in what can happen and what we expect families to do and what doctors can do and nursing homes and social workers and case managers, that this entire team needs to have a conductor of the orchestra. And it just might be patient advocates. When we come right back after this quick break, we'll talk some more about what are some of the ways that people can age in place and stay home and yet still be safe and receive the services they need. We'll be right back. Support for The Body Show comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributors Ekahi Ornish Lifestyle Medicine and Hawaii Pacific University. Welcome back to The Body Show. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak, here with Dr. Eileen Hilton and Nurse Edwina Lee. They run Crown Care, and this is an organization that helps people when they need it the most. You know, both of you are lucky enough to have parents, mothers that are still alive and with you in their, you know, 80s or 90s. You guys have good genetics. You're going to live forever. So part of the motivation of wanting to do this, I'm certain, is a little bit uh, self-motivated. You want to make sure that you know what's out there should you ever need care. Now, aging in place, that's a new thing that we're talking about, trying to keep seniors who want to stay in their home able to be there safely. And this requires doing some assessments of their ability to do some self-care, maybe their spouse or loved one's ability who's also in that same home, and bringing services to them. When you think about some of the things that you're able to accomplish with some of the clients that you work with, do you find that there is a movement or there is a desire for people to just stay where they're at? That is definitely true. People really want to stay at home if they can. And it is extremely expensive in Hawaii not to stay at home. But staying at home, if you use an agency, which we do, we vet them and use them, is um, still a significant amount of expenditure. And we, we try to do everything we can to make it affordable for the people, but the reality is this is a lot of money. There are long-term care policies that will cover at-home stay. If you're lucky enough to have one of them, I can tell you from experience that one of the things that we do frequently is advocate for our clients with the long-term care companies. They are denying claims, unbelievably numbers of denials in the U.S. right now. Uh, There's been a lot of negative press about it. It's gotten a little bit better, but we spend a lot of time fighting claim denials, and a lot of it is for at-home care. So when we talk about long-term care policies, I think these were sold years ago with the idea that they would cover all of your care and they might have provided such generous benefits that reality is, as we all age, uh, the companies can't afford it. I mean, their promises that they made, it's just not possible. So when you hear about some of the denials, what are some of the things that 
they're denying and what is the argument for it. Like, for example, from what I understand, and I've seen some of these forms, and it's kind of crazy. They'll be like 10 or 15 pages to justify that someone can't put their own clothes on in the morning and they can't cook their own food. And you're like, because I said they can't, you know. So what are some of the denials based on? Some of those issues? Yeah, and what what we tell people is if you know you're going to go for a long-term care claim, call us before you fill out that form because we know exactly what they're looking for. So, for instance, you have to have two out of five or six activities of daily life that you cannot do, called ADLs for short. People put in, oh, I can't eat, I can't feed myself. Um, The rule is, is if you can bring the fork to your mouth, that is not an ADL they will count. So someone we had was blind, unable to make their own meals, and was bound to a wheelchair or whatever, and there was no one living with him. He had no way of shopping or making his own meals or preparing the food, but that ADL was denied because if someone handed him a fork with food on it, he could bring it to his mouth. So that's the kind of thing if you... You have to be extremely careful how you answer those questions. We do it for physicians. Some of them hired us to do their ADL forms for patients who they thought were deserving of this long-term care coverage, but they did not have the time to sit there and analyze exactly how the ADL should be worded. I mean, that one was uh, a weird example, but it's virtually every day we get rejections of long-term care claims that someone filled out on their own thinking, well, you know, I know dad needs this. so, And it's not that weird, I hate to tell you, because some of those questions about activities of daily living, you know, it's just because if someone magically appeared with food on a fork, they could eat it. But who's magically appearing? I mean, really, who's coming to your house and putting your food on a fork? That's not something that actually happens Mm -hmm. in our realistic world we live in. Edwina? And the other thing is, If you don't complete the form exactly as they want it, they will send it back to you, and then it's delayed. And if you have to pay a nursing home bill that's ten or $12,000 and you don't get that money on time, it puts you really in a difficult situation. So we monitor. We, We fill out the forms. We make sure that the nursing homes take care of it. We make sure they're faxed in. And I confirm the following day, did you get my facts? Do you have this? Do you have this? And do you have this? Okay, this level of experience, I want to hire you to just be in my office mm-hmm. and just do all this stuff because it's it's fairly complicated. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's moving beyond the medical training that you do and that you learn how to take care of someone's arthritis, for example. And it's moving more towards trying to be a doctor, case manager, social worker, patient advocate, family member, all of that together. And I guess... The core belief is, if this was your loved one, what do you feel you would need to help them to be able to continue to manage every single day, to get food, to get their clothes washed, to get bathed, to not fall? All of these things are are things we want for ourselves, we want for our loved ones, and yet sometimes it's not possible to do all that ourselves. I think, Edwina, you're the perfect example of saying, hey, listen, you know, you're you're not 29 anymore. I mean, I'm not saying your age because I actually don't know it, but I'm going to say it's not 29. (laughs) So, you know, here you are trying to take care of a mother who's in her 80s or 90s, and you and your sister are trying to piecemeal together a plan, but you have, you know, full-time jobs and you have lots of work to do and you have probably grandkids or, or kids and other activities during the day. 
You know, just just today I was reading an article about the untold amounts of care that we expect from family members to take care of their loved ones. It is in the billions of dollars nationwide, uncompensated care. And we're putting this burden on to people, suggesting that you can fix all the problems for your family members. And it's just not possible. So let's talk logistics. Dr. Hilton, if people say, I need to get in touch with these two ladies, I've got to hire them. How do they do that? Um, They can call 254 8088, or they can email us at info at Crown Care or Crown Hawaii, sorry, crownhi.com. And so that would reach you, and this will help people to be able to advocate for themselves and their loved ones and get more assistance. I want to have you back on again. Huge things going on with Medicare open enrollment, huge things going on in healthcare and changes. I want to thank you both for sharing your expertise with us today on The Body Show. Our engineer is David Chong. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. We will see you next week. We're going to talk more about how to stay healthy, happy, and stay at home if possible as we all get older. Thanks for joining us. Thank you.